we were out uh, evangelizing um, one morning and uh, introduced myself to a young man, talking with him. And he kept saying, I know who I am. I know who I am. By which he meant, I'm Hebrew, right? And it's like, no, let's unpack that, right? Um, and because it's actually, there's something better than being Hebrew, right? There's there's being made in the image of God, right? There's being born again, you know, a new creation in Jesus Christ. And uh, the Hebrew story that somebody's got you kind of latching on to, having to tell you the whole story, right? It ends with Jesus, you know? Um, and so to have a posture in the neighborhood that engages the city and the things that are happening in the city in a loving, welcome way, recognizing the neighbor, right? And um, the different stories. Welcome to Around the Block. I'm your host, Pastor Thabiti Anyabwile, but you can call me Pastor T. Around the Block is a podcast of the Creek Collective. It's a podcast where we explore the gospel ecology of particular neighborhoods, neighborhoods that are predominantly black and brown and marked by vulnerability and neglect. We want to sort of get a a ground level view, a street level view, a block level view of how the gospel is doing in these places. And so we talk with pastors and church leaders. We talk with ordinary Christians who live in the neighborhood. We speak with leaders of and, and servants of nonprofit organizations, anyone who looks to advance the good news of Jesus Christ on the block. And we are this season in Washington, D.C., my city, in the southeast section of the city, in neighborhoods like Anacostia and Fairlawn. Uh, And today we're continuing our conversation with our brother uh, uh, Eric Dulce and his wife, Nana Dulce. They serve at the New Macedonia Baptist Church here in Southeast Washington, D.C., where Eric is a deacon. And Nana is an author and seminary teacher and stay-at-home mom. And they have had a very fruitful ministry in making disciples. The Apostle Peter refers to Christians as elect exiles. We are people who were chosen by God before the foundation of the world, but we were chosen for exile, for homelessness in this world. We have a home, but it's not here. We are pilgrims and sojourners, Peter says. But we have to be determined pilgrims. That's the phrase Eric uses to describe the Christian life and the call and the call to make disciples. Determines mean we don't drift into this lifestyle and worldview. We must choose it. So we begin our conversation by thinking about uh, how God uses something like a habitually late small group member to foster prayer, confession, and multiplication. Then we continue thinking about what this pilgrim life looks like, this determined pilgrimage. If this is a new idea or perhaps something you know but have forgotten, I pray this episode encourages you in this holy calling as we make our sojourn to that glory that's been purchased for us by Christ. Well, that, that's, let's pick up on that point, right? Because um, I think it's a number of people have used this definition of a, of a Christian. But if a Christian is a disciple who makes other disciples— Right, yeah. who makes other disciples? Um, there should be this this hopeful and this intent for replication. That's right, right, always, and yes. and that's that's happened in, in your mm-hmm. groups. So, talk a little bit about what what you guys did 
to pursue that. It could have been as simply as prayer or encouragement, but mm-hmm. any things that you think are helpful in terms of helping people, uh, because I think I think a lot of us become cul-de-sacs, right? Mm-hmm. Get a lot of theology, get a lot of teaching, park it, park it down there in the cul-de-sac. Yeah. That doesn't find its way out, right? Right, as it's supposed to. Right, right. So, yeah, any any thoughts on on replication and encouraging you, that? You know, um, I, obviously, it, it it you you're not replicating anything worthwhile if, if it's not going to be scripture based first, Amen. right? Right. Amen. So so just what Nana was saying earlier about. Uh, really having that confidence that God's word does the work, um, you know. So, so yeah. For years, you know, it was it was Bible study, but then it was like, hey, um, I want you to start reading this. So, giving responsibility, you know, as as the brethren start showing c- capacity to do it, and as you you know poke them and prod them, because you know sometimes brothers can be a little bit passive, you know, which has already been uh, noted. Uh, in our time, but um, yeah, so 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 some of it is 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 poking and prodding them to take on little pieces of it, and then um, encouraging them to be welcomers to others. But really, man, I think I think um, what really what really got these guys um, was our time of confession and prayer. Mm-hmm. Confession and prayer in the last stage last stages of our um, small group, man, we could be, and, and and it was weird because what happened was we were, we were always adjusting our time for one brother, <laughs> as you recall. You know, there was one brother, you know, uh, we, we would say, okay, okay, you know, small group starts at seven and he would start coming in at 7.20. Fine, okay, well then for the sake of our brother, we're going to start at 7.30. Mm. He start coming at seven forty five, seven fifty. All right, well then we're gonna start at eight. Mm. You know, I mean, we kept pushing it back, and he kept he kept he being kept late. So like, like he was an expert at being late. But what happened was, you know, little by little, the brothers kept coming anyway at seven. Mm. And so we're like, well, we're not just gonna hang out. You know what I mean? What what are we gonna do? So we started talking about, you know, struggles and some of the brothers started giving counsel to the others. And I was like, well, you know, let's, let's let's take some time and really cultivate this. And, um, and really, uh, really Ben started spearheading that more and more, you know, and I was like, like, he's, he's definitely going to be leading a small group. You know what I mean? Like, like it was so obvious to me. And what, what eventually, um, really launched a lot of good, in it all was was um, was time of confession and prayer, and and because because uh, of that time, you know, I feel like um, the brothers started to see, like, you know, what um, me doing this thing on my own, me just studying on my own, um, it makes a big difference if I have brothers around me. And brothers who who will listen to me and who can counsel me and who can encourage me. And then, you know, we take the time to pray. You know, I mean, it didn't matter, man. That brother was always late no matter what we did. <laughs> but but the Lord used it, man. Amen. The Lord used it. You know, I mean, even even in that time, you know, that that time that that, you know, could have easily been. You know, a time to gripe and complain. It became it became, you know, a really distinctive part of 
of what we came to do. And that that was like for a solid two years, you know, because we met, I think all in all, it was like six years together. You okay. know, we jumped from different books in the Bible. Amen. Praise God. Uh, so when I hear you guys talk about your experiences there, I hear, I hear you talk about sort of in some ways setting a context that's gracious and receptive and hospitable um, where folks should feel free and open to share, et cetera. I hear you talking not only about a context, but you're also talking about the content of your time. Centered on the word, studying God's word. God's word does the work. Amen. Um, and, and, and growing to the point where you're also teaching and practicing other disciplines, you know, confession and prayer and things of that sort. So I guess the question that I would I would ask sort of growing out of that is in some ways it's a bad question because it 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 assumes things about our ability that we don't really assume but what kinds of people are you trying to produce right so what's the what's the sort of character that you're looking for what you, as you're spending this time with folks again it's not scripted the lord surprises you we ain't Jesus we ain't the holy spirit right so we're not making people we're not making them projects we're not reducing them to, you know, some sort of thing of that sort. So with all of those kind of qualifiers, what are you longing for? What do you what do you want for the people uh, that the Lord puts in your path to love and to befriend uh, and to walk with? I think we're determined pilgrims and we want to invite others to come with us on the pilgrimage Amen. and be determined um, that whatever comes, we're we're going to keep trusting that our king knows the right way mm. and uh, we're following on his path. So, so whatever uh, comes, you know, we want to stay um, remembering we don't belong and knowing we have a home and that our king is calling us there. And, and um, we're inviting as many to join on, on the way. So, you know, the more the merrier or whatever. Um, yeah. So that's, that's the idea. Um, and, and, you know, we pray the same for our children and uh, hoping the same, trusting the Lord the same for, for them. And, and um, I'm not sure if there's anything I like else. that phrase, determined pilgrims. Yes, sir. I like that. I like yeah. That. Um, so there is, in this world, you'll have trouble. Mm. Uh, and and they, they have trouble. <laughs> there are too many things to tempt mm. and to discourage and to derail. Um, my prayer for these young women is that they would, that they would look to the Lord, um, and that they would believe that he is faithful and that he is good. Um, that he, yeah, he's a father who, um, doesn't always, um, doesn't always, what's the, I'm thinking of disallow. I know that's a better word, but, but he might allow for mm-hmm. trouble to come, mm-hmm. but he never leaves his children alone in yeah. that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I want them to believe that mm-hmm. um, and to to look to him in mm-hmm. their in their trouble. Man, a good theology of suffering and endurance, patient endurance in the midst of suffering. Now, it, a number of times you've alluded to uh, neighbors who become part of groups uh, or the context, the environment, the suffering that's in the environment. If the city, if the neighborhood were a character in this story, what what effect would that character be having on the discipleship of 20-somethings and 30-somethings? How is the city or the neighborhood sort of culture 
How's that impacting folks, do you think? Yeah, it's a good question. I guess the the neighbor is 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 um in part the target, right? That we're trying to invite. So so we're 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 prayerfully becoming people who learn how to listen and 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 know how to um invite and know how to learn from the neighbor as well so that we know how best to communicate the gospel to them and to invite them into you know um first to know Christ but also to enjoy the benefits that come along with 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 uh, community that community of grace that Christ is building um you know i mean i i think uh the progress that we're making in the neighborhood in 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 many ways mirrors whatever progress is or isn't being made in us mm. right <laughs> and so um if if um if i'm not being open and outward towards my neighbors um maybe maybe you know it it could it doesn't have to be a sinful thing always right there could be like real time constraints that 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 are there on on individual believers because of family responsibilities or other ministerial things that we have to do um but if if my if my sanctification is 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 uh, stunted because of my selfishness mm. right um then i can't be surprised when my neighbor is 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 definitely uh showing signs of of um of needing more <laughs> needing more sanctification because i do you know what i mean so so if if i'm not being used as a channel then then um if if i'm not open to the lord's you know um blessing someone through me then you know, it's not to say that that the Lord can't bless them through someone else, but but what right do I have to think that they're that they're going to to be better off when I'm closing off myself, right? So so I I have to look at that myself, right? Like like how many ways am I am I being um, a good pursuer of of this character, the neighbor, you know? And if I'm not, then then I have to check, you know, what 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 reasons why. You know, are there good reasons for that, or, or are they self? Are they sinful reasons? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I almost heard the question as the neighborhood itself as a character mm-hmm. and how it. Um, so I, the question brings actually two pictures in mind. Uh, the first is, and then the first actually really mirrors very much the church that we serve at. Uh, so uh, New Macedonia, we've been talking about young people, but actually New Macedonia is uh, primarily comprised of older saints. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the average age is probably 60 and over. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So on Sundays, we um, we honor those who are 80 years old and above. We just call them out and say happy birthday. Mm-hmm. I can't remember a Sunday we have not called someone wow. out. There's always somebody who's 80 wow. something <laughs> having right? a birthday yeah. that week. Multiple. Wow. Yeah. Multiple. Yeah. 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 So most of them are um, are things who kind of came uh, through the Great Migration and they came to this area mm-hmm. and they established their families here and they have built their families in the church. They're just faithful saints who love the Lord yes. and who love God's people. They have 
have loved us well. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've loved our family so well. And a lot of the the neighbors around our neighborhood are are just kind of older, older people. So I can think of Althea and her children, well, grandmothers mm-hmm. and just people who've right. been in those right. homes right. for a while. That's changing. <laughs> but there are people who, who've kind of been in there for, for a long time who, um, you know, may not necessarily resist the word, mm-hmm. but maybe they've been through some things. Um, but the younger people that we minister to, some of them came to church with mom or with grandma, uh, and they've just kind of always been there. This has been their church home. But they are either working with or going to school with or are neighbors with people their age who don't see the church as a place to be necessarily. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there are younger people who um, are growing up or are just with others who may not be committed to the local church. Um, and so that's another thing. That, uh, just thinking of like the neighborhood that we're ministering in and how it affects those we minister for the younger people, um, they, yeah, they might struggle with with um, being committed regularly to the local church because they belong to a generation that that maybe they don't look like because they go to church mm-hmm. on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Um, which 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 makes something Eric was saying a moment ago all the more important in terms of not viewing the neighbor as an enemy, mm-hmm. uh, but welcoming them and engaging them. I so said you, you you talked about them as as viewing them as as kind of the target, you know, as, as the objects of our love, right? Um, to welcome and to engage. We we bump into young people all the time who who feel like an unreached people group, right? They just have no experience with the local church, mm-hmm. right? Um, and questions about who Jesus is or who God is. I mean, it's just like talking with folks that, yeah, have, haven't had the Bible in their language sometimes, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, that's not everybody at all, but uh, every, every once in a while we bump into mm-hmm. uh, folks who's like, okay, we're, we're back at first principles. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, it, and it's a wonderful conversation, right? It, it helps you understand, to your point of sanctification, how well do I know my Bible, right? How simply can I explain theological concepts right and and how effectively can i communicate the truth of the bible and at the same time separate that truth from the falsehoods and the other sort of uh cultural ideas etc that may not be right you know uh whether i'm talking to someone who's yeah, we were out uh evangelizing um uh, one morning and uh introduced myself to a young man talking with him and he kept saying i know who i am i know who i am by which he meant i'm hebrew Right. And it's like, no, let's unpack that. Right. Um, and because it's actually there's something better than being Hebrew. Right. There's there's being made in the image of God. Right. There's being born again, you know, a new creation in Jesus Christ. And uh, the Hebrew story that somebody's got you kind of latching on to having to tell you the whole story. Right. It ends with Jesus, you know. Um, and so to have a posture in the neighborhood that engages the city and the things that are happening in the city in a loving, welcome way, recognizing the neighbor, right? And um, the different stories, whether they're 80, coming up through the great migration of African-Americans in the 40s and and again, the second wave in the 70s, um, or whether they're the grandchildren, the great-grandchildren who may or may not be connected to the church. It it, it really does, I mean, this is a question and making a form of a statement, but it, it does, it seems to me, require that we deal with persons rather than abstractions, 
right? That we actually sit down and talk to that person about their story um, rather than just kind of zeroing out, talking about millennials or Gen Z or, or whatever, but, you know, getting into that story there. Yeah, 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 for sure. I mean, you know, you, you can't you can't minister to generations without ministering to individuals. So, so, so yeah, the abstraction is is often the excuse not to engage. Mm-hmm. You know, that's right. So, so that's right. you have to be careful about that. You know, we're not denying that there are general truths. Mm-hmm. You know, but but um, that's not your ticket out of particular love and particular ministry. Yeah. So. One of the sweet things about making disciples uh, is you can't predict all the fruit that God will bear from it. God has a way of producing far more than we can ask or think. And that's been the case with Eric and Nana. So I asked him about other things God has done through their ordinary faithfulness in obedience to the Great Commission. We talk about Nana's book, Eric's graduation from seminary, and just the the fruit that's born in the life of the whole church there in New Macedonia. And we talk about how to begin or to continue disciple-making work wherever you are. We are convinced that God will make our ordinary fruitfulness or faithfulness fruitful as well. Now, two more questions if I can. There have been some wonderful things that have come out of you're discipling others. So Nana, I think of your book. And so that study, two years through the Bible, thinking about women in the Bible, has turned into The Seed of the Woman, a book published by 10 of these. Mm-hmm, 10 of those. Uh, 10 of those. Mm-hmm. These, those, you know how we do. <laughs> 10, 10 of those. Uh, 10 of those just came out. Yes. Um, tell, tell us a little bit about the book and sure. tell us how it how it grew out of that. Yeah. Um, I have been so encouraged by the New Macedonia Baptist Church because they really do see this book as coming through oh, the precious. New Macedonia Amen. Baptist Church. That's awesome. uh, I was thinking the other day, if nobody else reads this, my church family that's is awesome. is reading that's this right. book. That's <laughs> and they awesome. are, I mean, the, the mom is like, oh, give me five, give me 10 <laughs> copies. I mean, really. Um, so yes, it was very much the book really started. That, that was the seed mm-hmm. of the seed of the woman was this was this study. Um, yep. Yes, was yep. this was this small group. And, and so- Pastor Starcher would be so happy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I sent him a copy. Okay, thank you. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, uh, so yeah, so I think it, the hope at the time with the small group was to tell the story of Scripture, um, but using these women as our, as our stopping point. Uh, and that's the hope of the book. I want to really tell the story of the Old Testament. So we actually uh, begin with Eve and we end with Mary. Um, and so this promise that's made in the garden of this seed of the woman who will crush the head of the serpent, uh, following that thread from Eve all the way to Mary and looking at 30 women um, and 
the ultimate hope, right, of, of these women. Uh, so it tells the story of the Old Testament. Uh, it recognizes that Jesus is the interpretive center mm. of, of all the Bible. So we, we look for him as we tell these stories. Um, and then also it kind of gets into some of the stories of women we don't always hear about. So the Old Testament is filled with all of these women and they're part of the, the canon of scripture. So they're part of the big story. And so what do we miss from that big story if we don't know Shifra and Pua and Jacobed and Rispa? Uh, so kind of getting to the stories of some of the women we don't always teach, we don't we don't always know about. That's so wonderful. And folks can folks can get that at their local bookstore yeah. and get it online. Yes. Yes. The Seed of the Woman, Nana Dulce, and the New Macedonia yes. Church family. Yes. Uh, right. Praise <laughs> God. Praise God. And brother, I'm, I'm looking at your life, so encouraged by your life. You just, congratulations, finished your MDiv uh, at Reformed Theological Seminary. I, I have to think that that, in some ways, has been encouraged, influenced by your ministry at, at New Macedonia and by your, your work with young people as well. I mean, what are, are there connections there uh, as well? Well, yeah, I mean, um, you know, well, first and foremost, uh, this lady right yeah, here, amen. you know. Um, give her um, honor, brother. Yes, give her indeed. honor. Yeah, man. Yeah, give her yeah, flowers. Yeah. You got to because, yes. because honestly, um, you know, she heard about a scholarship um, and when she sent me the information on it, you know, I'm thinking of the guys that I minister to. Mm -hmm. I'm thinking of the young guys that I disciple. And I'm like, well, you know, because there was a phrase in the in the video that they made for this for the scholarship is a full ride plus books okay. at RTS. So it's plus books that got you. It was the plus books. It's like, it's like, it's like, you know, I've heard a full ride, but you talk about plus books, you know. But uh, man, I was thinking of them, so I went home and, I, and she said, "Well, what did you think?" And I was like, "Yeah, you know, I sent it to these guys," and she was looking at me like, "Boy, you better apply yourself." And I'm like, "Really? <laughs> like, if you say so, you know." But um. Yeah, so I applied and and um, you know it's, it's 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 it was it was something to see. I mean, you know, um, I have been encouraged greatly um, by um, brothers who who I work with, you know, on the deacon board, who were like, you know, we know that you're swamped, you know, so we're gonna come through and take care of this person, that person, this request, that request. So many people. Um, really came in and, and helped me, you know, along the way. Uh, I mentioned again my wife's patience while I was studying. You know, she was like, I just need you on sun Sunday afternoon. Give me Sunday afternoon and we'll carry the rest of it, you know, and, and everything. I said, all right, you know, and uh, she's been faithful to that. Uh, and, um, you know, even my daughter's, you know, understanding and being patient. My pastor, who's also my boss, obviously, um, you know, uh, he's always called me his resident theologian. And, um, and you know, the other day reminded me, well, now you have papers. Now yeah, you yeah. have actual documentation. Mm -hmm. You know, so I'm, uh, yeah, I've, I've been helped and uh, encouraged all the way around. So, and uh, now I just want to, you know, be wherever the Lord wants me to be to give as much as I've received. You know, that's 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 all that I can think to do. Amen. Praise be to God. So maybe last question then. Um, folks are listening. They're thinking they want to sort of have a role in the lives of the the young adults in their congregation, their community. Any any lessons? Any any thoughts as to? how they might get started and or how they might continue in that, in that ministry. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Begin by praying, begin by praying and, 
and recognizing, you know, God's graciousness to you and ask him for opportunities to pass that on. Because that's all, I think, you know, essentially that's all we're doing. Whether we call it replication, mm -hmm. you know, uh, you know, discipleship, whatever we call it, all we're doing is giving back to somebody else what God has given us. That's that's Amen. that's all it is. It's a very Jesus-like way to start, right? He prays <laughs> before he calls his disciples. I think that's right. You know, <laughs> praise. Mm -hmm. you know, yeah. I think that's yeah. right. Yeah. And I would say pray specifically for yourself, for, for patience. Mm. Um, and so this is an area that I think um, I have struggled a little bit <laughs> along the way, uh, being tempted to be frustrated. Um, and so there's there's all this word, there's all this prayer, and yet the same struggle. And when will we overcome this? Mm. Uh, but remembering, and Eric said it, how patient is the Lord with us and the struggles that we keep uh, falling back into. Uh, so being mindful of God's patience towards us, praying for patience um, in, in walking the long road with, with the, the, the young people in our, in our so ministries. Good. So good. Reminds me of 2 Timothy 2, somewhere mm -hmm. around verse 24, mm -hmm. Paul says, teach with all patience. Yeah. And the reason he says that is that God may grant them repentance. Mm -hmm. uh, and so we, we sometimes slip into thinking it's our insistence that leads yeah. to repentance, yeah. but it's patience, God's yeah. patience and our patient teaching that leads to repentance. So good. I mean, I, I, I so appreciate how you guys model how a, an ordinary life with margin for other people can really be used by God to impact, impact people, whether it's folks who were single, who became couples and now married and kids or where there's folks continuing the good fight of faith and not turning away uh, from Christ, or whether it's just the production of, of things that will take your ministry beyond your local church, like books and um, conferences and speaking and things of that sort, or whether it's our own sanctification. I appreciated how often you rang that bell in this conversation, um, because it's, it's not about God used me to fix other folk, right? It's in that process, God's using other folk to fix us too, right? To grow us. And so I just love the way you guys have modeled that in your own life, the way you've shared that with us uh, here today, man. I just pray the Lord continue to make his face shine upon you. Give you give you peace and blessings and joy. Well, man, service. thank you for being an encourager. You know, I mean, you mentioned that that first lunch, you know, uh, back in the day and you know, I was sharing. I, I, I mean, you know, it was a lunch. We were supposed to just hang out, but I ended up like using you because you were like, you're like, you're like the pastor on, you know, at large at the time, you know. <laughs> I was like, I was like, like, you ain't got no congregation. Let me ask you a question. <laughs> you ain't got no pastoral responsibility. I said, man, you know, and um, I shared some things with you, you know, the different struggles that I had at that time. And, um, you know, I remember, you know, you were, you were so faithful to tell me at that time, you were like, brother, just, you know, if you have, you know, any issues around, you know, people who don't understand, but make sure that you're out loving and out praying, you know, anyone who's not, who's not being, you know, welcoming to you or, 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 or resistant to you, you, you out love them and you out pray them and you, you keep trusting the Lord, you know, and I was like, man, that's, that's what I needed to hear. So, you know, we, we, you know we're doing whatever we're doing uh but but we can't do it without the lord's power but also his his people's encouragement and you've been you've been part of that brother god so thank you the god be the glory love you guys we love you thank, thank you, you. Thank you.
shout out to Eric and Nana Dose for joining us and telling us a bit about God's work through their efforts to make disciples. And shout out to the New Macedonia Baptist Church for their faithful ministry. That church has been instrumental in shaping and sending the Dulces for the work of the ministry. It's a wonderful example of individual faithfulness in the context of congregational faithfulness. Praise God. That's what we want in our churches. More than that, that's what we need in our churches. We are determined pilgrims, and the pilgrimage to glory is way more fruitful and way more beautiful when we make the trip in community, the community of God's people. That's how the Father has designed it, and we are the richer for it. Thank you for joining us in this episode of Around the Block. I pray that you've been encouraged by the Dulces as I have, and I pray that you would be strengthened in your effort to make disciples for the Lord Jesus Christ. Um, That really is at the bottom of what we're doing when we are revitalizing churches or planting new churches in predominantly black and brown, neglected and vulnerable neighborhoods. We are opening our lives, sharing the word, participating, we pray in ordinary acts of faithfulness and seeing God help us to make our own pilgrimage and to bring others along with us. May the Lord make his face shine upon you as you do so. God bless.